Think about a God of vulnerability, but I mean, let's just be honest. When you think about a newborn child, is there anything more vulnerable than a newborn child? A child who, on the moment that they're born, are completely exposed to the possibility of being harmed. They're completely dependent on everybody around them. But this is the God of the Bible. Have you ever seen an infant changing their own diaper or not even needing a diaper? (laughs) Of course not. That's silly to even contemplate. Unlike many animals who are up and about within hours of their births, human babies need years of nurturing before they can care for themselves. Pastor Daniel will be teaching today about this humbling experience that Jesus, the creator of everything, went through on his path to becoming your Redeemer. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Most Vulnerable Birth. So I love being here for Christmas, and I wanted to give you all something. So who wants a Twinkie? Anybody want a Twinkie for Christmas? There you go. Hands up. (laughs) Now just so you know, for those of you who are in the back, I can't really... I can throw, I have a good arm, but I can't make it that far. It's like gravity takes in and, oh, that's not bad. Oh, someone's running down the aisle and we're in for a touchdown. Oh, so go, here you go, here you go, come back, come back, come back. Here you go, you work so hard. There you go. Oh, hey. Listen, everyone keep your hands up. I don't want anyone getting hit in the face with a Twinkie at church and then they get mad. We're going to get like a bad review on Google. They'll be like, he was throwing Twinkies in church. What kind of church is this? Here, can I get some help? Anybody want to help me? Come here. Can I get a couple of kids? Come people come over here. Take these, walk halfway up the aisle and then toss them into the people at the back. We don't want it anyway. They, thanks, Brian. Oh, yeah, now everyone's like, we'll throw Twinkies at church. Amen. No violence in Jesus' name. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is, this is so much more fun than what we had earlier today. There we go. Come on. Share them, share them, share them. Oh, here we go. And what do you want for Christmas? I want a Twinkie. There you go. Sharing is caring. Okay, I'm gonna get this. Here you go, sweetie. There you go. Three for you. You're so sweet. There we go. Oh yeah, you got. Yeah, here we go. Oh, this is. Oh, yes. And Jesus. Thank you guys for all the help. See, this is the body of Christ at work right here. There we go, sweetie. There you go. There you go, guys. All right. Twinkies going everywhere in church. There we go, in Jesus' name. There we go. Oh, Tom, Merry Christmas. There you go. Here you go, Marlo. Wasn't that fun, everybody? But no, listen, Merry Christmas, and I'm so happy. I, I love Christmas. There's just something so powerful about Christmas. And whenever I think about Christmas, because it's the day that we commemorate and celebrate the birth of Jesus... I always think about one story from my family. So, you know, my bride, Lynn, and I, we have three kids. And I always think about the birth of our second child, Maranatha. It's funny about our kids. All of the Fusco kids came late based on the due date. We like to say we like our kids well done in the Fusco home. And they all came in the middle of the night. 
So what was so funny is that when they went into labor for Maranatha, it was the middle of the night once my father-in-law came to watch Obadiah because he was just a little guy and I had to take Lynn to the hospital. And so before I came to know Jesus, I was like a habitual lawbreaker. So I was always like a bad, like I was just a troubled kid in my own way. So when I got saved, I'm like, man, I should probably like get my life together. And then I became a, a pastor over time. And then I'm like, I got to keep appearances. So I really worked very, very hard to make sure I did things right. And so I remember I was driving Lynn to the hospital and she was in pretty active labor. So, you know, Lynn, my bride, God bless her. She's one of those tough girls. She's like, they're not going to send me home from the hospital. So the only time we go to the hospital is if it's like the baby's coming. And so we're sitting there and it's the middle of the night, it's like two in the morning and we're sitting at this light and there's like, we're in the, there's a turning lane there. And like, I'm just sitting there because I don't have a green light And there's literally nobody around. Like, the street is a ghost town. And in my head, I'm like, I should run the light and get her to the hospital. Because it was like, the hospital was like, you know, 500 yards down the road. But then I'm like, but you know what'll happen. If I go to run the light, the cops are going to be there. I'm going to get a ticket. Like, oh, Pastor Daniel, hey, you know? And so I'm like, well, I'll just sit there and I'll trust God. And then all of a sudden, it's like the only time my bride has ever said a cross word to me. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just waiting for the light, sweetie. She's like, run the light. <laughs> and so I, at that point, I got housebroken. So I ran the light. And she was like, why were you just sitting there? I'm like, well, I didn't want to run the light. And, you know, it's like, it's illegal. And maybe there's a camera here. Like I, and it was so funny because we get into the parking lot. And Lynn's like, I don't need a wheelchair. They're going to send me home. And so, like, I had to walk her in. And so we get to the front desk, and we're like, we already filled out the paperwork. And she's like, I don't think it's really, we're too far, but my husband's making me come to the hospital. And she has a huge contraction. Like, oh, we should put you in a wheelchair. (laughs) And literally, she had the baby like 45 minutes later. It's like, we were all the way there. But I always think about just run the light. Because I just imagine in the birth of Jesus, like Mary, like giving Joseph a hard time, like, will this donkey go faster? Like, is this as fast as we're going? Because the story of the birth of Jesus is so profound that no matter how often you think about it, no matter how many Christmases you celebrate, when you really take the time to meditate on what God is up to in the coming of Jesus, it's so powerful. Now, as a church, for the last month or so, for the Advent season, We've been exploring one specific characteristic of God, and it's a characteristic of God that we often don't think about. When you think about God, most often people say, oh, God is all-powerful. In the classical language, it's omnipotent. Or God is all-knowing. God knows everything. Or God is always everywhere. God is holy. These are all very real characteristics and attributes of God. But what's interesting is God wants all of us to know him, not just who he is in a general sense, but who he is in very specific characteristics. And the way we know the characteristics of God is when we know his son, Jesus. And when we think about Jesus, what we realize is God is the most vulnerable person who has ever lived. And we don't ever think about God as a vulnerable God. But if you think about what that word vulnerability means, it's literally a quality or a state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed. And everything about the life and the coming of Jesus points us 
to a God who has chosen vulnerability. And we've been exploring that as a church. We've looked at, of course, we saw Jesus when he was tempted. Now, we've all been tempted. The only difference between us and Jesus is we fail in our temptations often, and Jesus was tempted but didn't fail. We looked at Jesus weeping at the death of his friend Lazarus, even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. We looked at Jesus praying and sweating drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, really grappling with fulfilling the calling that God had in his life. He didn't doubt God. He just knew that it was going to be a tough 24 hours. And we don't often think about a God of vulnerability, but I mean, let's just be honest. When you think about a newborn child, is there anything more vulnerable than a newborn child? A child who, in the moment that they're born, are completely exposed to the possibility of being harmed. They're completely dependent on everybody around them. But this is the God of the Bible. You know, our culture loves to, in this cultural moment, loves to talk about vulnerability. A researcher named Brene Brown has written a number of pretty phenomenal books based on research about vulnerability. And one of the things that I realized as we've been exploring this together as a church over the last month or so is that all of us want to live vulnerably and authentically in this world. Now, the problem with the way our culture teaches it is our culture teaches pretty much, you should just be like, well, this is who I am, so everyone just deal with it. And I'm here to tell you, they're already dealing with it, and they're probably not enjoying it as much as you think they are. Because real vulnerability is not just being whoever I want to be or how I want to feel in this moment. You all have to deal with it. Because that is not life-giving to anybody. Really what God is inviting all of us into, and no matter where you are on your journey of faith, you never feel more alive, you never feel more purposeful than when you are living out authentically and vulnerably who you are. But really, the vulnerability that God has, that Jesus displays, that God is inviting us into, is a vulnerability that exists under the authority of Jesus. Where because of our faith in Jesus, we know who God is and who we are, and then we can move through the world uniquely. You think about all of the struggle that people have about the holidays with their family. Almost always, that struggle has some iteration of, I'm really not like my family. I'm not what my parents thought I would be. All these different things. But really, if we're living in biblical vulnerability, you're not supposed to be your parents. And parents, your kids are not supposed to be you. They're supposed to be them, but as part of your family. So really, I believe that what God wants to do in all of our lives, and not just for Christmas, I believe it's an invitation from God for us to follow Jesus and be able to walk in the uniqueness that he created each one of us to be. All through your Bible, the people that God used were used uniquely and differently. It's not cookie cutter. Paul and Peter, both apostles used mightily, but Paul went to the Gentiles and Peter went to the Jewish people. You have someone like David, who was the great warrior king, and his son Solomon was more of the cerebral king. It's fascinating, but each one vulnerably and authentically living out the person that God made them to be. And God uses it. And I believe because Jesus said, whom the son sets free is free indeed, that as we walk with Jesus, each one of us, 
And as we grow in Christ and as we let Jesus transform us, we will get to live more vulnerably in this world so that we feel that this is the life that God has for me. That Jesus calls us the abundant life. And if you're here today and you're already a follower of Jesus, most believers I know are not like, this is the abundant life. You believe in it and you're like, where is that found? And I'm here to tell you it's found in Christ and it comes from walking in the steps that God created you for. And we've been exploring this. What does it look like to see God as a God of vulnerability? And what does it look like for us to simply respond to this God? Now, I would be remiss as a Bible teacher, as a pastor, if I didn't talk about God in his most vulnerable, the birth of Jesus. So in order to do this, I would love for you to open your Bibles, Matthew chapter one. We're gonna take verses 18 to 25 together. Matthew one, verses 18 to 25. Matthew's gospel is the first book in your New Testament, first of the gospels. This passage begins this way. In verse 18, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, really what we see here is that Jesus' birth had vulnerable circumstances. Listen, any child that's being born, there's vulnerable circumstances. But the story into which we find the birth of Jesus is kind of uniquely vulnerable. You think about how this goes. Now, this kind of blew my mind, and I've been reading the Bible for over 20 years and studying it, but if you look at all four Gospels, there's really two accounts of the birth of Jesus. There's Matthew's account and Luke's account. Mark's Gospel begins with Jesus' earthly ministry, so when he's already like about 30 years old. And then, of course, John's Gospel begins like in eternity past. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he He was in the beginning with God. Matthew and Luke tell the details of the birth of Jesus. And if you look at Luke's account, Luke's account gives Mary's experience, Jesus' mother's experience. And I never realized until studying at this time that Matthew's account focuses on the experience of Joseph. We see what Joseph is experiencing. So between Matthew and Luke, you get the telling of the birth of Jesus from Mary's side and Joseph's side. And we see here for Joseph, we learn that Mary and Joseph are married legally, but in that culture, it was called being betrothed, which although they were legally married, it'd be like if we signed our marriage certificates when you got engaged, and then you actually got married at a later time, like the ceremony, where you consummate that marriage. So they were legally married, but they had never come together in the full union of what it meant to be a husband and wife, and what they found out was, of course, is that Mary was pregnant, Now, in Jesus' culture, at that time, if a woman was pregnant out of wedlock, she could be subject to capital punishment. And so Joseph, it says that he was a just man. Like, Joseph was good people, and he cared about Mary. 
But because she was pregnant, he was like, this is a problem. And so he was trying to figure out, how can I break this off but not have Mary get killed because of what happened? And he's trying to work this all out. He's trying to figure out what am I going to do? And literally you get that where it says here that while Joseph thought about all of these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, verse 20, came and talked to Joseph, said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, Try and imagine if you're Joseph, or maybe he was Joey, or if you're Italian, he's Giuseppe, you know what I mean? And he's excited, he's marrying Mary, and it's going to go great. And all of a sudden, Mary's like, hey, uh, hey, Joey, hey, Giuseppe, I'm pregnant. And Joseph was like, like, he knew that they hadn't done anything. He's like, huh? Don't worry, Giuseppe. It's the Holy Spirit's child. What would you say in that moment? Yeah, what Joseph was thinking like, (laughs) yeah, it's the Holy Spirit's child. Yeah, we believe that. Is there a paternity test we can take right now? Because that never happened before. No one's believing that. And Joseph was just a normal person struggling with it. And you just imagine in this situation how hard this must have been for Joseph. I mean, you see in Luke's account, Mary, the Holy, you know, the angel comes and tells her what's going to happen. And she's like, may it be unto me according to your will, right on. But Joseph wasn't there. They didn't sit down and have like a a council of what they're going to do. And should we do this? It was like, this just happened. And Joseph is kind of reeling from it. Now, if you think about this, out of all of the circumstances that the God who created and sustained everything could be born into, it's so fascinating that Jesus' birth dealt with such problematic circumstances. And I think there's something that we can learn from this because we have a tendency in our culture to believe that if the circumstances are the way that I want them to be, then God's in the middle of that. If the circumstances are working out in such a way that I deem it to be a success or what I'm hoping for, then yes, God is in that. But actually, all through our Bibles and definitely in the life of Jesus, God is actually at work most often in the circumstances that are challenging. Then the circumstances that are not the welcome situation. And I believe that what God wants us to do is rather than looking at our circumstances and saying, that is not ideal, therefore I do not want to be here, this is bad. We need to start looking at them the way the Bible teaches us to look at them, to say, God, you know that this is not my ideal circumstance, but I know that you are working. See, that's the eyes of faith. The eyes of faith say, I don't like this and I don't want this, but God, you want to tell a different story. See, we want to have these miraculous testimonies, but all testimonies begin with a problem. Nobody ever said the situation was perfect, ideal, and everything worked out. No one tells that story. But when you're like, man, everything was lousy. Everything was falling apart. This was not the way my five-year plan was supposed to go. But then something happens. That's where the story is. That's where the testimony is. But all testimonies begin with the test. So what if in not only this Christmas season, but in this new year, we stopped only being excited about idealized circumstances. And we started saying, God, in the tough circumstances, I can't wait to see what you're working. But Joseph, he's in a tough spot. He doesn't know what to do, but then this angel shows up 
says, no, no, she's not lying to you. Mary hasn't cheated on you. No. What she told you is the truth. But then the angel continues, continues to go. Because look what it says next in verse 21. It says, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. See, really what we learn here, of course, and I've said it already, Jesus' birth displays the deep vulnerability of God. I mean, think about it. Out of all the stories in the life of Jesus, Jesus' crucifixion and his birth, his incarnation, shows God in the most tremendous vulnerability. I mean, it's one thing like for you and I, like at one point we were a child, it's our only way into this earth. Like our life is there. But for the God who created and sustained not only us, but all of creation for all of time to enter into the world as a helpless child is almost impossible to fathom. Such vulnerability. And to make things even more Amazing. Notice he says that when this child comes, I want you to name him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus in the Hebrew would be Yahshua, which literally means God who is our salvation. So in his birth, the angel's already like, and we want you to call him Jesus because he's going to save people from sins. Speaking of his crucifixion, and then says, and this is what fulfills a beautiful prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. In Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, my friends, not only does the birth of Jesus show God's vulnerability, but God is so vulnerable that God is saying, I want to be with you. See, so often when we think about God, we think about God as distant. Like our culture, if our culture were to say that there is a God, they almost want us to think of God as like an absentee landlord. God created everything, and then God is absent, and you just have to work it all out, right? But really, the Bible teaches a very different God, a God who is God with us. It's really a descriptive name. His name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Now here's the big question for each one of us. Do you believe that God is with you right here, right now? Jesus is Christians tend to focus on the death and resurrection of Jesus, and rightly so. Without those events, our salvation and redemption wouldn't have been possible. As Pastor Daniel taught today, without Jesus' birth in the first place, none of the other events could have taken place. So those final necessary humiliations of God had to be preceded by the first humiliation of Jesus becoming human. What love! He has for you and for me. 
Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share the conclusion to his teaching, The Most Vulnerable Birth. He's going to spend some time talking about one of the prophetic names of Jesus, God with us. If you don't think that God is with you, come and have a listen as Pastor Daniel makes the case for the nearness of God to you no matter what your circumstances are. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Vulnerable God. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.